Slight change this morning in the scripture, I felt led to include as well a passage uh, from Second Peter, so you'll hear that in a moment. And it has to do with patience. And you know, if you ever have dealt with roses and tried to raise them, there's patience like raising anything. So hear the word of God from Second uh, Peter, and um, also from from Philippians one. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And then from Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And we'll stop there. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come Holy Spirit. Lead us again. Teach us again. Move in our hearts. In our Advent waiting. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts. Be pure and acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well. Woke up to a surprise this morning. Did anyone else have to free their car from ice? I did. My minivan. That thing, I couldn't even get the side door open. It was just crunch, crunch. You get in there, I had to turn it on. And turn. I was like, am I back in Pennsylvania? This is something. I had to turn it on and let the engine go and turn on the, the defroster and wait. As I don't, I don't have one of those scrapers. I need to get one. I think I left them back in PA. That was a mistake. <laughs> I wasn't inert. I mean, I was running around doing stuff. I was trying to find a substitute scraper, but I still had to wait. I had to be patient and let this mysterious work of the defroster do its thing, which it did, as it faithfully does. Well... We're in the second week of Advent. Advent, from the Latin, you may remember Adventus, means coming or arrival. This is the time of year when we prepare our hearts and we shape our lives for the arrival of our Savior. The one on whom everything depends as the baby who is the Savior. And also we look ahead to his second arrival as the one on whom everything depends as the returning King and Lord. This is a preparation time. There is a preparation. And there is the waiting. The waiting. And as our waiting puts us in touch with our need for the Savior's arrival for the first time. In that first century. Our waiting also puts us in touch with our desperate waiting. Which we probably feel now more than ever. For God's finale. To take us all to a new heaven, a new earth, and the Lordship of Jesus. Uh, 
And so we wait. We are not the first to wait. The early Christians waited with eager expectation of the Lord's return. They believed it was more imminent, at least in some cases there's evidence of this. And apparently the people Peter was writing to were getting pressured to explain God's timing. Why isn't he back yet? They had an expectation of a quicker return, a swifter resolution to all of this. So why the apparent delay? And they were taking heat for this. Oh, maybe your God is a sham. Maybe this is a false hope. No. Peter responds by urging the early church, he writes to, to remember who they're dealing with. This is the Lord. It's the Lord's timing, not ours. A day like a thousand years for the Lord's and the Lord's time. And he assures them, verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The time it is taking for Jesus to return, Peter tells the early church, is not because God isn't working. The delay, we're told, is because God is patient. The delay, we're told, is because God's inclusive. God wants to bring more people into his saving grasp. If we think about it, God's waiting for people, God's patience with people is a thoroughly biblical theme. God is patient with Adam and Eve. He doesn't simply zap them for messing up. God is patient with Israel. While like Adam and Eve, they bear the consequences for their mess-ups, God doesn't wipe them off the face of the earth. Israel's entire existence, you could say, is a fruit of God's patience. And then when Jesus comes in the flesh, he's super patient with the disciples, gets irritated here and there, understandably. But he doesn't say, I'm out, see ya, I'm gone. He sticks with them. And even with the writer of our Second Peter text, Peter himself, who denied the Lord, Jesus shows ultimate patience by giving him a second chance, telling the one who denied him, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Then Paul, who, as Saul, ravages the early church, is also the recipient of God's patience. And he goes on to write over half the New Testament. God is patient. Patience, God's gracious waiting on us, is at the heart of the gospel. Without God's patience, it's hard to imagine our gospel at all, isn't it? So it stands to reason that that as we're converted to the heart of God, we need to reframe what waiting means. You know, we're programmed to think that when something is delayed, when something takes longer than you think it should, it's because something is wrong. Yesterday we were we were up at a Starbucks uh, drive up through line up in a town up north and probably it's safe to say this was the longest Starbucks drive up line I've ever been in. <laughs> you all know when you get to that point, 
in a, in a checkout line or a Starbucks line, there's this, somehow there's this meter and all of us are going, boop, okay, this is too long. This is taking too long. You know, somehow we go, oh, that's it. It's, pa- it's past the acceptable time, whatever that is, right? Well, this is kind of what the Christians in the time of Second Peter were being told. Your Savior hasn't returned yet, so your internal alarms should be blaring, folks. Something's off with your Savior. Something's going wrong here. But again, Peter reframes that whole thing. What we see as delay, indicating defect, which should lead to dismay, Peter says, is simply God being patient. We'll try ministry, do some ministry in whatever way, and you're going to discover waiting is a big part of it. Make that phone call to invite someone to a Bible study and they don't get back to you right away. Or make that invitation to a friend of yours or a neighbor to something at church and you don't hear back. What would it be like for you and me to ask at that moment, Lord, how does this delay reflect your patience in our situation? What work of patience do you want to do in me in my waiting? You're trying to put your child down for sleep in the evening or your grandchild down for a nap and it's taking you forever and ever. You got a lot of stuff to do. What would happen at the moment if we said, Lord, how does this delay reflect your patience in this situation? What work of patience do you want to do in me? Maybe you're trying to repair that relationship between old friends in your life and they just cannot, they will not even connect no matter how hard you try. What would it be like to ask in that situation, Lord, how does this delay reflect your patience? What work of patience do you want to do in me? You know, it turns out the Christian life just takes time. Try to do any sort of ministry and you'll find this out. In ministry, we spend a lot of time waiting and waiting and waiting. And the early church to whom Peter writes writes is taking heat because they're waiting. And so that's why he reframes the whole thing. And a bit later, in verse 15, after saying, oh, this waiting isn't God being late. This waiting is God being patient. Then he says in verse 15, after telling the early church about a new heaven and a new earth that they had to look forward to, he says, bear in mind that the Lord's patience means salvation. The immediate reference here, of course, is to the end times. The idea that Peter is saying, God is delaying return, so more and more come into God's family, and more will be saved as more and more time passes for God to gather more people. But I think we can carry this insight into all the little waitings. You know, that's the ultimate waiting, but then there's all these little penultimate waitings. I think our text is calling us to hear God's ultimate promise in all the little delays we face. We can say in these moments when we're delayed, Lord, help me see how all of my little waitings throughout my day fitting into your big waiting, waiting for you, for your return. And as with the early church, we can give up our schedule, our plan to how we think things should play out and our meters in our head that go boom too long. And we can instead pivot 
to God's plan, in God's time, in God's terms, on God's patience. Because when we let go of the way we think the schedule should go, and instead we trust in God, we're drawn more deeply into God's patient waiting heart. Waiting doesn't mean, patience doesn't mean passive. The Greek for patience in our text can also be translated long-suffering. Patience is not passive. Patience is, turns out, patience is hard work. It's trusting God while we're active. You can, you can believe something urgently needs to happen and move out on it. And then in your moving, intentional and swift and responsive, then you can be patient while you wait, right? It's not an either or. Patience is not inert. Patience is believing God, though, more than in our inertia. Patience is, say, being willing to get in a room and pray for our children and family ministry here at our church and the revival of it for as long as it takes before a single new kid or new family arrives, maybe months. Patience is loving the two or three kids we may start out with in a church school if we start one and cherishing them for as long as we have to wait until a single new child comes in. Patience is walking into that elementary school and offering to help out as a cafeteria observer or something or a tutor and then waiting through months of phone tag and forms and then starting off one connection at a time until you finally arrive planning yourself to wait and be patient for more connection and commitment right patience is getting to know that young family with little ones down the street learning all their names getting their names wrong sometime remembering them being intentional about remembering the names of each little one recognizing them as they're growing up bringing them cookies and soup and remembering their birthdays and inviting them over for dinner and then just when you sense God's right timing to nudge you, inviting them to church and then patience is waiting for the next time and praying for another chance when they can't make it that first time. We used to say in our varsity, my former ministry, it's not, a, it's not an invitation until you've invited someone seven times. <laughs> Patience isn't passive. Waiting isn't passive. It turns out it's work. But like all the work God calls us to do, God provides what we need in himself. We're not just called to be patient without God giving us the patience we need. Patience is an opportunity to participate in God's long-suffering patience for us. I mean, what is the Bible What is the biblical story except God's long-suffering patience with humanity? We can be 100% confident that God is able to give that to us. It's not our patience. We'll run out of patience. It's not our human patience that's required. It's God's working in us. It's the Lord's. And St. Paul knew this. And so we can pray with him as we wait as he prayed for the Philippians, his friends, who he partnered with the gospel, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 
When we think of patience and waiting, it's easy to think of kind of, you know, arms crossed and toe tapping, right? Kind of a deal. Maybe with a grimace. I want my Starbucks. I want this car to, to heat up so I can go, you know. Paul shows us a different picture of Christian patience in Philippians 1. Paul shows us that patience lived out looks like prayer. And Paul shows us that patience lived out looks like joyful confidence. All right, I'm sitting here in this cafeteria with these, with these elementary school kids who are loud and they're throwing food. But, you know, I'm patiently waiting for the right connection, you know. Or I'm sitting here and I'm tutoring and I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this, <laughs> by the math or whatever. But I'm going to be patient and let, you know, patience. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to push forward and I'm going to pivot onto the joy and the prayer that is the fuel for patience. Praying to God with joyful confidence in God. Because God's the real hero of the story. He's, he's the center of this whole thing. So we can wait and work, not with toe-tapping grimaces of impatience, but with divine patience in our hearts, fed by prayerful, joyful expectation that our Father is working in and through and in spite of us in ways that transcend any timetable. Whatever you're waiting for, clarity about your job, guidance in a life change, something you really, really want to see happen in our church or in your family, or even waiting to make a change in your own life that's hard. We must know that such work around us is first God's work before it's ours. So we can wait and work and work and wait, not with toe-tapping grimaces, but with patience from God in our hearts fed by prayerful, joyful expectation that God is working. God is always working. This Advent, this season of awaiting God's first and ultimately God's second final arrival, saving arrival, we get to practice waiting all the time. And we light these candles every week. This is what we do now. This is a this is church as practicing waiting. Next time, you're waiting for anything, whether it's a Starbucks or whatever, we can embrace it as a chance to remember the God we are waiting on. And that the God we are waiting on, even more than the best barista making yummy non-caffeinated drinks, right, for me, (laughs) making that great strawberry frappuccino, our God is even better to say the least, that we are waiting on a loving, gracious Father who is patiently seeking to include as many as will come into his new creation. And remember that in our waiting, it is we ourselves who are being remade. It is we ourselves who are being remade into a living preview of that new creation that God is making. In our waiting to see God's work in the world, we become God's work in the world as the Father works his patience in us for all the world to see that they might come and wait on him too. May it be so for me and for you. Light a candle and prepare to wait on the one who is faithful and let his peace dwell in your hearts as you do so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen.